Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 168 of starting no, the conversation. 158. 158 of starting the conversation. <laughs> you literally just told me that as well, didn't you? I went, isn't it 168? And you went, no, 158. 158. All right. Well, welcome to episode number 158. I'm your host, Alice Benham. And as you just heard, today I'm joined by Emily. And welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here. What would I do without you? The stern voice. <laughs> she is needed in this world. You see the real raw like I think people someone messaged me the other day like I just love how like the editing of your podcast like it still feels like obviously she wasn't saying the editing was bad as she meant like it still feels very like chatty and natural like and I was like wow the things if you really heard a raw episode I I don't think we would maintain a listenership well actually they might hear some right now oh yeah you've got bloopers haven't you yeah okay can I listen to them or are we just well yeah they're all just in a folder Oh, okay. So in three, two, one. <coughs> Sorry, Em. I hope this makes sense, Emily. Emily, help me. Um, Sorry, Emily. Emily. <laughs> well done for getting through that. Yeah, oh, my really God, sorry, sorry. An hour and a half long. <laughs> it's basically just me not making much. It's just like an existential crisis. Yeah, yeah, single yeah. episode. I think also not heard within that compilation is me, and it's really disgusting actually, just constantly pausing to swallow spit because I get such a such a wet mouth recording podcast episodes. <laughs> you know how people get dry mouths when they're you nervous? get the opposite. I get the opposite. Like I just start salivating. So I'm just like so, a dog. <laughs> I'm just so excited <laughs> to be recording a dog. I love it. Yeah, you definitely see. You definitely see the raw side of these episodes. And in today's episode, carrying on in that thought, the reason that we just shared bloopers with you, there is a purpose to that, is we thought it'd be interesting to listen back to the archives. Love the phrase archives. Makes it sound so fancy, doesn't it? Listen back to past episodes and basically just have a look back. Little throwback Thursday, but it's a Tuesday, so a throwback Tuesday. Um, and take a trip down memory lane, both to laugh at my past self, but also, which I think is quite interesting, to see if anything has changed since these episodes where I might have said certain things that perhaps now I might disagree with or things might have changed since. So you ready, Em? I'm ready. I hope we just find some really contradictory ones. I love that. Right, let's start the start. We've got a lot of episodes. We're obviously not going to go through every single one, but we've picked picked some highlights and some lowlights, I would say. And why not, speaking of lowlights, begin with episode number one. Yes! I... I'm about to cringe, but without further ado, let's listen to the first ever intro of Starting the Conversation. Hey there, you're listening to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which is all about communicating the real life narrative of being an entrepreneurial woman. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and if you're ready to be inspired and fall one step closer to your dream career, then keep on listening. It's so cringe. How old were you when you recorded that? Well, I sound like a four-year-old American girl <laughs> with a blocked nose. <laughs> Hi there. You're listening to Starting the Conversation. Uh, that was... Alice, that is the voice. Yeah, I can still do it. I can still reach it. Wow. Well, that was episode number one, which was February 9th, 2018. Yeah. Podcast yeah. is like three and a half years old. Yeah, 2018. So I was <laughs> 19, 19. 19 years old. Wow. And I don't know what that voice was. I think it was because the only podcasts I'd really listened to were American podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought, right, okay, to That's be a good podcast host, 
got a sound like that. And there's kind of an American twang for, I'd say, the first 20 episodes or so. It slowly fades away, which we'll hear throughout this, this episode. But yeah, what a place to start. I mean, if that is not proof that you don't start decent sounding and you have to do the awkward first steps to get anywhere then hello but that first episode to be fair I always feel bad like crap talking old episodes when they're guest conversations because I'm still really proud of the conversations that the other person shared I just completely cringe at my past self um but that first episode which is so like interesting to me that this was the guest it was with Kat from Gatto who has since built my website she's been a client she's been a friend I've been on her podcast like what a guest to start with where she's still connected to the business three and a half years on yeah it's pretty special and we chatted about I mean I could not bear to listen to more than about 20 minutes of that first episode purely oh don't worry I've listened to the whole thing (laughs) but Emily's done it but let's listen to a clip from that and see see what we're thinking about and I'd love to now move on to a topic which probably feels a little bit off limits. I'm sorry, I actually just <laughs> got off. And I'm letting you on your topic, which is potentially off Like, shut up. I know what you're going to say as well. I oh. hate this so, like, I am genuinely, this is, you Come know, on. like. We can get through it. My worst, this is my torture. Like, if you really want to torture me, sit me in a room and make me listen to this episode time and time again. But sorry, I just had to interrupt with that. Let's go. And I'd love to now move on to a topic which probably feels a little bit off limits and kind of taboo in the culture and the country that we live in. But like, let's chat about money. How you set your pricing, because obviously it's so easy to start off super low. And I know I did that in my business. When I first started, I didn't understand the value of what I was doing. And I cringe at the prices that I charge. Like (laughs) it was ridiculous. So how did you find that process of, I guess, realizing what your, what your service was worth and then being okay with promoting that with people. Um, yeah, so similar to you, I started charging ridiculously low. I kind of mentioned that before, which ended up with me working ridiculous hours, as it obviously does, because you need 20 clients to make your rent money instead of two. I've just about got through that. I've got goosebumps. Great points from Kat. Kat goes on to give really brilliant advice about pricing. So, you know, go and have a listen to that if, if you want to hear Kat's genius. I think what I find most interesting about that clip, aside from the voice, is that at the start, I'm like, you know, money, I I talk about it like it's the biggest taboo. And I'm like so (laughs) outrageous for talking about it. And I do think at the time money wasn't talked about in the way that it is now. But it's so funny that now, like it's a non-negotiable and a given of like, if we're not talking about the real stuff, I don't want to do it. And it, mm. I just, I don't know, I find that very interesting of then it felt like, you know, I'm just so crazy. Let's talk about money. <laughs> like, oh my God, the police are going to come for me. And now I'm like, yeah, so here's how much money I've made. And let me tell you everything. And that's such a normal thing. There's a few things in this for me. You've obviously, you re-recorded part of it. <laughs> here, yes. How much it changes. Yes. So you obviously said something you didn't like the first time. So you re- you recorded a new bit and dropped it in. <laughs> I thought I'd got away with that, but no, <laughs> it's so <what>? obvious. <laughs> I had this thing the other day as well, though, that was like, you can't like crap on who you were or how you were because that person got you to where you are now. So it's Absolutely. not even, it's not even about that. It's just, it's just funny to see like how far it's come. It's come. But I, I think love I've... that you're just like culturally, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm here to take this angle. <laughs> like, <laughs> It is just such a hot take, people. Here I am, 
delivering you, the goods. You are Louis Theroux in this moment. Like 19-year-old Alice, just flipping it, making waves. Yeah, that's so true there. And I think we'll we'll talk a bit more about that concept of like past AB had to go through this to get to current AB throughout. So let's move on to a later episode. I don't think I can stick in the early 10s for much longer let's go to episode number 25 which was was it 25 lessons or was it just 25 episodes and the lessons because 25 lessons would be a lot no it was what you had learned from doing 25 episodes okay so a bit of context on this one Uh, I recorded this in a car in Wales Hmm. that's like how like I don't really know past me was way less busy than current me but she just never seemed to be able to record episodes when she was meant to. There was a lot of very odd settings and timings. And this was back when I didn't have you, which was a a rocky time for everyone involved. Um, I think we should listen to the intro just to see see how things... Yeah, come on. Four-year-old Alice, she's gone. It's a long one. Come on. Welcome to starting the conversation. If we haven't met before, my name's Alice and I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK. It basically means that I work one-on-one with entrepreneurs and help them to develop effective and sustainable online strategies. Oh yeah. I'm going to be real. When I first started my business, Google was my go-to for all my questions. I still sound a bit American. isolated. A job which I once loved was soon making me pretty miserable and I realised that something needed to change. Come on, Alice, change it. You see, I truly believe that when we create community with fellow entrepreneurs and keep it real about what we're going through, being self-employed becomes far more fulfilling. This is a long intro. So consider this podcast your go-to place for a good old mix of honesty and expertise. Listen in on open conversations with likewise women, where we'll discover their stories and also the learning curves which has got their business to where it is today. Also join me for solo episodes where I'll unpack a digital marketing or business topic, hopefully leaving you with some expertise that you can apply to your business right away. So now that you're up to date on who I am and what this podcast is about, let's dive into today's conversation. Two things to discuss. It's better. Yeah. I quite like the music. I feel also that yeah. is actually what the podcast concept kind of still is. I think mm-hmm. I'd, I'd found it by then. Uh, first 25 episodes was much more like interviews and then solo episodes, whereas I feel this was, Alice was realizing, you know, we're here to talk about the real stuff. First thing I'll say is that was in the days when I thought likewise was the same word as like-minded. <laughs> I say likewise women, because I thought that meant like-minded. Like-minded women. <laughs> Um, I still sound a little bit American, but that's. I think you've got me. a bit deeper. Yeah, bit connect deeper. with like-minded. Yeah, I, I like parts. It's got some good wording in there, you know, for your dose of expertise and whatever the other thing was. So I'm here for that. She's, yep. she's moved on. Right, let's get to the next part. Let's go. Let's see what some of my lessons were. When we look at people around us who have incredible podcasts or incredible pieces of content or incredible accounts or whatever, with thousands and thousands of followers and they have people tuning in all the time, great. But they've built that from a place of zero. Absolutely everything we see, whether it's someone's follow account, whether it's the likes and engagement someone's get, whether it's the listeners, subscribers, reviews they have on the podcast, that has all come from the number zero. And I would just encourage (laughs) you if you're starting something... 
particularly Sorry, if it's an Emily. ongoing thing such as a newsletter a or a point. podcast or a video series set yourself an amount of time that you're going to do it for regardless of the kind of response it gets say to yourself I'm going to try this for six months and if people don't like it and I don't feel like it's the right fit for me after six months then I'll stop but let me tell you if you're constantly working you. off the back of let other people's momentum it's never going to become Sit a big down. thing because it's really <laughs> about sticking in when you're not getting the response you're hoping for and carrying on. And I've truly seen kind of the full circle of that. I think that's a good point, actually. I think that's actually quite good advice. That's to pass Alice because I completely agree with that. Everyone has to start at zero. I mean, it's funny that I'm 25 episodes in saying, you know, it's I, I'm speaking as if I've made it. And I'm like, guys, 25 episodes, like, I, I promise you it gets Remember better. I started it. <laughs> Whereas now I listen back to that and I'm like, wow, Alice, then I was, I was still, I think in the phase of that first six months of like, come on, let's keep going. It's not got the response we wanted, mm. but let's trust the process. And I completely stand by that. Like you've got to be consistent before you deem something a failure and stop it. I think that's good advice saying you need to set set a time how long you're going to do it for because it's like if this is an experiment you've got to see the experiment to the end to get the f- actual results so yeah I agree I agree with you and something else I say what well, we won't make you listen to the whole clip mm-hmm. is that because of that you've got to be the most excited person about what you're creating um, yeah. and that was really true for me in the early days and that is something I've almost lost a few times over the years and you know Em I often make changes to the podcast because of how it it feels for me not because I'm selfish but because I think to be consistent you've got to love it and yeah that's something that is always really important and I really loved the podcast at the very start like it was a lot of fun and still is but it looks different now uh let's listen to another one see if any podcast lessons maybe have changed um another thing that I found doesn't work for me is creating seasons. I know this is something that a lot of people do in their podcasts. They maybe take a summer break or they do it in 10 episodes at a time or 15 episodes at a time and then they take a break in between. And in honesty, I think maybe my answer to this would be different if I knew that seasons was a thing before I started my podcast, but I didn't. <laughs> I just thought everyone uploaded religiously crazy amounts of times a week and therefore that's what I had to do. Um, And it's been a journey for me, both obviously learning that I didn't need to upload that often, but also learning that seasons maybe wasn't the best thing for me. So I would just encourage you, if you're looking to start something, maybe you're midway through doing something and you're just not feeling like something's working, but you recognize that you're doing it because everyone else is doing it or someone told you to do it. Do not be afraid to take a step back, figure out what's going to work best for you and just decide to do that and go ahead with it. Again, stand by that. Do it your way. Just because everyone's doing something a certain way doesn't mean you've got to do it that way. And no. I mean, we do now work in seasons because, hello, sustainability, I don't have all the time in the world. But the wider point there, mm. stand by. And that's something, again, we've carried throughout the years with this podcast is like not always following where people want the podcast to go. Would you agree with that, Em? Yeah. I reckon we could get higher downloads than we currently have if we went for more like clickbaity titles and kind of, you know, the episodes were like five tips for this, how to do that. And it was a lot of like expertise. That's just not something that interests or excites me. Like I spend all day having those conversations with clients and students and I adore that. But the Mm -hmm. last thing I want to do is do more of that sat or by myself and what really excites me with this podcast is those like honest and open conversations and I think that does mean it has a smaller 
reach, but that reach is so much more impactful, I think, and means a lot more to us. Yeah, absolutely. Like if it's not enjoyable for you to record and it's not enjoyable for me to edit, it's just not going to be good, really, is it? Amen. You do you. But if you are starting a podcast, start with seasons because the first few months of this podcast, I was trying to put out two episodes a week and then I'd sometimes put out none for three weeks and mm-hmm. then three, like just make it easy to be consistent for a short time. And yeah. That's better. Yeah. Right. Final clip from that episode. I remember sending all these emails out to these kind of dream guests and being so surprised when so many of them said yes and were up for it and wanted to join me. Um, And then when I sat down with them, I realised, yes, this podcast is intended to serve other people. But what I hadn't expected was how much it was going to kind of bless me and help me and what I was doing, not just from listening to other people and kind of hearing their stories and getting to hear from them, but also just the kind of connections and the friendships and the communities that I'm now a part of as a result of having this podcast. Um, I know this is probably a really random tip, but genuinely, if you're feeling a bit isolated, one of the biggest things I'd recommend is to start some form of series, whether it's a blog series or an Instagram story series, or you're doing videos and do it centered around you connecting with other people, because sometimes it's when you've got a platform that you can kind of invite people into and give people a space to share, it's a much easier way to make connection and to kind of create that community for yourself. So I would really say that's been the biggest learning curve for me. Stand by that. I mean, I'd I'd like to be disagreeing with past Alice, but like genuinely (laughs) one of the best things this podcast has ever done is make me some of my closest friends. Like I live with Jess yeah, we are like best friends because she came on my podcast, and that's how we first connected. Like Vix, Vix and I first met properly through this podcast. And you think of all the things that Vix and I have done together. Polly, same thing. The AB method wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this podcast. Like Chloe and Chloe, like the things I've done with both of that. Like I'm mm. not going to keep listing people because I'll forget someone, and then that's not nice. It's but like, crazy, so, isn't it? So many things in the business stem back mm. to people who I met via this podcast yeah and we actually did that podcast research and so many people that we spoke to said that their podcast was such a big part of growing their business didn't they yeah massively I think podcasts are pretty powerful things question for you at this point are you still 19 or have we gone forward oh that's a good question I'm Um, only asking because I just you you do not speak in a way that I would (laughs) stereotypically put with someone who was 19 or 20 or even 21. <laughs> Do you think I, is that true now? Do you think I sound? Yeah, I think you are a bit more colloquial now. Colloquial. Mm. I think probably part of that was fear. Like I didn't feel like I could just show up as my like chatty fun, but I also don't think I was that fun back then. I was quite serious and intense. Like, yeah, I'm a business <laughs> owner and this is all very serious. Irony is it wasn't actually going that great at that point, but you know, I was, I was owning it. Uh, the bit that made me laugh was where I said, one of the things that this podcast has really blessed me with, like yes. how I grew up in church, <laughs> like hello Christian parents. I'm just so blessed, too blessed to be stressed. So there we go, episode number 25. And maybe we should do an update on that. We could talk more about like growing and scaling the podcast, getting sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know, dear listeners, if you would like to hear that. But let's move further into the forward, <laughs> into the future. To Isn't the it? forward we go to the forward to 34 uh which was quite a deep episode titled working with depression lean in or opt out and this was me chatting about my experience of being a business owner with depression and how it affected my business 
so yeah let's see I mean it's something I still experience and I don't actually remember these clips so let's see what she said now I refer to it as leaning in because often it's not always an instant decision to get the work done and have a great day sometimes I do feel completely in the middle I feel good not great is the way I like to call it you know not awful but not great either and I really if I want to push through have to push through It's not always just a decision in the morning and I spring out of bed and everything's better than that. Sometimes if I am having a slightly in the middle day, maybe I'm around like 65 or 70% in how I'm feeling mentally. It is a process of leaning in. I have to make a conscious decision. And that for me is tiring. That's a difficult thing to do. But I definitely acknowledge that even when I push through in some aspect, I always am grateful that I've done that. So these days, particularly when I don't feel that depression at all, are the big action days. They're the ones where I wake up and I think, okay, let's get the work done. And as a result of that, obviously, my business grows. And as somebody who loves their work, loves their business and takes real pride in what I do, obviously, these days are my favorite and I really enjoy them. This is interesting to me because I still experience depression. I've probably learned better ways to manage it since recording this episode. But I think that ability to choose whether I lent in or opted out was slightly down to the fact that the business wasn't super full on. And I had the ability to kind of decide on the day, you know, what am I going to do today? I didn't often have a lot of calls in, whereas now, like my days are pretty pre-decided for me. And I Mm. think that middle ground I talk about, I don't think I really experience now. I think I either have like 95% of the time it's good days and I'm absolutely fine and I run the business, but there are like some seasons of time. And usually it's not one day, it'll be like a couple of weeks Mm. where I feel really low and I just need to take that bit of a step back, but it doesn't feel as much of a daily decision as it did at this, at this point, which is interesting. And the business is less flexible than it was back then because it's more successful and there's more going on. And I think it's a little bit less of a, Uh, you know I'm I'm not saying if I feel rough I force myself to work but there's less capacity for me to easily Mm. make that decision each morning let's see what else past AB said I kind of want to give her like a hug (laughs) I want to be like it's all right mate like I felt things very deeply back then everything seems quite quite intense now it would be very true to say that I used to view opting out as a really weak decision and that is Difficult to say because now I find that a really, really frustrating mindset that people have. But I used to think that waking up and saying, I can't do this, I need a day off, or I need to take an hour out, or I just need a break was a really weak thing. I rarely allowed myself time off of work or away from emails. When I was having a tough day, I often just punished myself by staying at the laptop and keep going. And in honesty, that's still something I sometimes experience and I have to snap myself out of it. But it definitely used to be a lot more common for me that opting out wasn't even an option because I would really beat myself up for doing it. I think I got worse at this. Oh, no. In that episode. But I think I'm a bit better at it now. But I still like that's still a mindset I can really easily snap into of like, you know, it's not an option. It's bad for the business. It's bad for clients and students for me to look after myself and put myself first and I think working with Joe over the last two years has made a massive difference to that Mm. but I think I was almost like willing myself to have that mindset in that clip I don't Mm. think I was fully had worked through that I think I still really like punished myself for 
taking that step back when I needed it. And I think now I'm a lot better of like knowing what I need. But also, I think now I'm a lot better at not going to extremes. I think back then I saw it as like, well, I either push forward with everything and work a 12 hour day or I'm going to lay in bed. And I think now I'm much better at knowing, right, these are the things that have to get done. And unless I feel really rough, I can absolutely do those things. But if I am feeling a bit rough, let's just take away the extra stuff and not do all of the things on top that don't need to get done today. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have that mindset now. I'm much more aware of like, yep, there's seasons of push and there's seasons of chill. And that's okay. And my business doesn't need push all of the time to be a success, which we love. So moving on, episode number 66. This is an episode called My Business Is My Everything. Is that okay? And this, <laughs> yeah, another person I've met through the podcast was with Sasha from Cheeky Zebra. She then ended up being a client. Now we're close friends. I saw her yesterday for dinner in Birmingham. Oh. So there you go. She's a good egg, big fan. Let's see what Alice says. It's like, I never, probably haven't, felt this in the last year at least shut my laptop and thought well I've done all of the things that I need to do I've done I can't remember the last time I finished a to-do list I can't remember the last time I went to bed and didn't feel a little bit anxious about the things that I didn't manage to get done that day mm-hmm. and I think you almost have to get out of the mindset of like I stop when I'm finished and actually just think I stop when I need to or choose to and I don't let my business run me yeah because I think there is always more to do fully agree with that Mm-hmm. never stops I've actually got it up on my whiteboard there that says the to-do list never ends you have no. to decide yeah I think maybe we gotta stop thinking that you have to get to the end of a to-do list or mm. that it will stop like it just won't it just no it it's won't. like life admin isn't it you do yeah. one load of washing yeah within two days you've got to, you know you're building up the next pile and I think yeah. business in that way it becomes so much it. less exhausting yeah because you yeah. just don't see it as I have to finish. It's like, no, I just have to keep doing the next thing until I've done enough things. Yeah. And then we stop. And then there'll always be more things. And I think I've got much better at knowing that that's the way it is and not expecting that it feels any different to that, but kind of just riding the wave and learning to live with it. I think I thought like one day I'll be able to compartmentalize and I will switch off from work when I'm done and I won't fall asleep thinking about what I need to do the next day. But that's still the case. I think I've just learned better ways to deal with it. And I, write things down instead of trying to keep them in my head and Mm. whatever else so I agree with that let's continue if you're going through something really shit in your business or say shit in your personal life is an easier example your personal life needs you to maybe take some time off and practice some self-care or you know work through your feelings or sit with the feelings even just sit and be sad for a few days but when your business is asking something completely different of you like for you to be making loads of loads of orders working really hard showing up with your face talking to camera on stories whatever i think it's that dual almost pull you can get whiplash you yeah, can get like emotional to work with whiplash mm. i don't think past ab was aware of how much that was going <laughs> to happen <laughs> past this point I think the biggest thing with this, I think it was recorded about two months before the launch day of the retreat, which was the day after my boyfriend and I broke up. And I think that was my first big like crap. That's what that whiplash feels like when your personal life is one way and the business needs something completely different from you. And you've got to learn what you do in that situation. And there's no blanket advice. And that has been something that has happened every single launch. Yeah. Since then, something has happened. You know that M, there's been bereavements, there's been family stuff, there's been mental health, there's been trot. Like every single launch, something has happened. And yeah, that's a a constant feeling, I think, of 
the, the two aren't always in harmony. No. And again, learning to kind of sit with that unrest. Yeah, it is really hard. Again, it's that I think it's that thing of like being self-employed, the sort of ethos is that you you are bringing your whole self. Whereas like sometimes when you work for a company, you're like trained to leave that at the door. And that's the difference that you bring everything. So it is really hard when there's stuff going on and you're like, do you know what? I actually just want to sit in bed and be sad and watch Netflix, but got to keep going. Got to keep going. I think one of the things that has really helped with that, which I've done since recording that episode, uh, is create more of a separation between like personal Alice and work Alice. I used to show up online with no filter, no consideration for how much I was sharing. And now Mm. I'm a lot more intentional with that, I think for a number of reasons, but partly because, you know, I I had to, I told people when my ex and I broke up because I shared him so much. Whereas now if something like that were to happen, people wouldn't need or wouldn't know because it's not something that's relevant to the business. And I think that that separation is, is impossible to fully achieve, but if you can create some boundaries. Uh, also find it interesting that I said shit in that because I don't really swear publicly <laughs> and I said it twice think, so maybe you were like trying to show Sasha how I you are cool. yeah <laughs> I thought we're meeting in Birmingham I've got to act like I'm cool you know not some weirdo from Berkshire right let us continue we need a funny one all right well you pick yeah well, you pick the clips <laughs> when so. I meet new people <laughs> I almost don't really have I feel like I've not if I'm not allowed to talk about my work or if I feel like they're not interested, I'm genuinely like, I really do not know what to say. So I felt that. <laughs> and that's when I realised that it was seeping from being like my everything to, to your identity. my identity. Yeah. And that's when it gets scary. That is so true. And I'm so bad at that. If people don't care about my work, I'm genuinely like, cool. So do you want to just stop the conversation here? Like, do you want to come up with something else I should tell you? Because that's all I've got. <laughs> I think you have other things to talk about. I'm getting better at it. Um, Actually, now sometimes if people are, especially at the moment, not at the moment, actually, in September, I was just so like not that connected to the business that when people asked like, oh, what did you do for work? I genuinely, I I ended up just to one person at a wedding. (laughs) I was like, I do consultancy. Mm. I just made, I wanted to make it sound so dull that they didn't ask and they didn't, they didn't press. That was so easy. Um, But yeah, my business is still what I think the most interesting thing about me. Right, I think we've got a funny one coming up. (laughs) Come on, Alice. I went clubbing a few weeks ago and I was like, I have not been clubbing since I was 18. And I was like, okay, like I don't feel bad about that because I literally hate clubbing. But it was sometimes that moment of like, oh, I'm actually having fun. And then I'm like, oh wait, I don't need to wait for the random thing to come up where someone else invites me for me to do something that isn't work, that's enjoyable. Yeah, like it's my choice. You had fun, so you could make Mm. more of that fun. What are your hobbies outside of work? Well, that's I feel like I'm speed dating you. I don't have an answer for that. But to be fair, I've always been quite boring. I just want to put that out there. So like, <laughs> mm. I remember when... You know, like when oh, you, by the uh, way, I wasn't going, because mm, I agree no, with you. I, mean, I was you thinking can. about it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Alice is like, yeah, I've met you five minutes yeah, before me. Yeah, you um, You know, like when you go for like a Saturday job and they're like, what are your hobbies and interests? I've always hated that because I don't feel like I've ever had like a great... Okay. Like I've never been that girl that just like basketball okay oh I know I don't know what I said sorry can we press pause and I need to acknowledge when I listened to this clip I was like we're not playing the end of this clip this the end of this clip is not going out but okay yeah Yeah. I just copy and paste my childhood ones what do you mean what were your childhood ones um (laughs) it's gonna be very pretentious I promise I'm not middle class um sailing 
No, you are. And horse riding. (laughs) (laughs) I hate past me. Why is she such a dickhead? Oh no, what's wrong with there isn't really there's nothing wrong with that. They are they're pretty cool. Like I really I would love to go sailing. Oh, yeah, we can get sailing sometime. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be able to sail. And um, <laughs> I'm kind of interested in horse riding. I also don't oh. know why I said I'm not middle. Like, why did I feel the need to set weird insecurities? Okay, final clip from this. I genuinely think in order to have built my business to what it is, you that is what I do. needed to do. Yeah. And I remember in the early days, and I still do this now, like working <clears> crazy <throat> days and not taking much time off. And I was moaning to someone about that. And they said, well, you're starting a business. That should be what you're doing. Like, yeah, shut up and put up. Yeah. And of course, you know, again, conscious of the people out there that actually that isn't the only way to build a business. Nope. But I think if you're really clear on what you want to build and you can acknowledge the fact that in order to build that in the way and the time frame that you want to build that, it is okay to make the choice for your business to be your everything in order to do that. Yeah. But I think then, like you said, there's that differentiation between, okay, it's my everything, but here are the things that maybe I put in place to make sure it's not my identity and it doesn't seep out into all these other areas of my life. I had not done any of that work, <laughs> making sure it wasn't my identity. Well, not really. I mean, maybe I thought I'd made changes. Yeah, but I think you thought you had at that point. Yeah. But now, in hindsight, I. you can see how much further you've come. Yeah, absolutely. But I do still stand by that. The business wouldn't have got to where it is now without mm. those sacrifices and trade-offs. But I have a lot more appreciation and empathy now for people that don't want to do it that way. And yeah. I think it's totally possible to still build a wildly successful business mm. without sacrificing what you're not comfortable sacrificing. Mm. Do I think the timelines and how that looks will be different? Yes, but yeah. still fully possible. Yeah, I think it takes a certain amount of grit, but it doesn't have to be exactly like you say. Like There are other ways of doing it. Yeah. But it right. will always be damn hard work, unfortunately. Yup, it ain't easy. This next episode, episode 27... I don't really want to react to, I just want to add in as like a point to acknowledge, because I think this was a real turning point for the podcast and for kind of my brand, I guess, so to speak, or my message, Um, because this episode was titled Having No Clients and Things Not Feeling Successful. And this was when I talked about thinking that I'd need to quit the business because financially it wasn't getting to where I needed it to be and it it wasn't building the traction that I wanted. And this was something I also talked about over on Instagram. I remember the response to this episode and to the videos that I did was just, it felt at the time like overwhelming. It it felt like the first time that people really resonated and it felt as well like the first time that I'd really just listened to what I wanted to share and I wasn't putting out five tips for this or an interview about that. I just sat down and thought, right, let's just talk really honestly and see what happens. And people's response to that was really powerful. Mm. So I'll play a little clip from that now. Because I know that when I was in that place of feeling like a bit of a failure and not knowing what the next step was and just feeling like absolutely everyone around me was being really successful whilst I was getting nowhere and just failing every single day, I know how much I would have benefited from knowing that someone else was experiencing the same thing or had experienced the same thing. Obviously, there's more within that episode on that topic. But yeah, I just felt like that was one to acknowledge because I think a lot of the episodes that have gone down well since stemmed from that first one and the response that that got and kind of the clarity and the confidence that gave me with sharing the honest stuff a turning point a turning point so to speak but let's move on to 84 which is a clip of me recording at 1am oh my gosh I don't know the episode number (laughs) seriously 
I need to stop hitting record without knowing what episode it is because my phone's dead. Everything's on airplane mode, so it doesn't make a noise. So do you know what? I'm just going to wing it and say welcome back to the podcast and welcome to episode number 84. If I've smashed that, well done me. And if that's wrong, take the previous episode number, <laughs> add a one to it and welcome yourself to it because if you couldn't tell, today's <laughs> I love that today's <laughs> intro. I, I did it, you know, however many episodes on, still getting the episode number wrong. I love your sass in that one as well. Yeah, I really love that Just phrase. Have like, one. And take the last yourself. one <laughs> and move yourself on. Thank you very much. Um, I think the context of how and when I recorded that is why I was so sassy. So I will press play again. Sorry to have to interrupt there. Now, before getting into today's certain topic, I feel like I would be doing both of us a disservice by not giving you a level of context to how and when I'm currently recording this. So it is half five in the morning. It's Friday. Oh gosh. It's Friday. Yeah. It has possibly been one of the most full-on weeks I've had in my business, not just this year, but ever. I am sat in the corner of my hotel room. I have created a fort out of bed sheets to basically try and block the noise. The main road, which is right next to me. I mean, if that doesn't show you the chaos <laughs> that this business has has existed in, I don't know what does. Do you come a long way. What was going on that week? Why was it crazy? Yeah, that week and that episode eighty four was reflecting on the launch of the six week thing, first mm-hmm. ever launch of that group program. And I remember I was in London. It was a really cheap hotel. Not that I stay at fancy hotels now, but it was not a vibe I sat and recorded recorded that episode under a bed sheet I mean I still record last minute but not at 5 30 a.m no, not no. quite to that extreme that is behind us okay let's move on episode number 90 uh this one is called why winging it is a viable business plan and this is with the brilliant Lucy Hitchcock I've never ever scheduled a social media post ever Boom. never scheduled an Instagram the furthest I've ever gone in planning my Instagram is that I know that every other Wednesday I'm going to post a video and I know about a week in advance what that video is going to be. And that's it. And I think I don't say, like I say, like say what I do, not what I say. I think as people that work in digital marketing and who I would say without cringing are somewhat experts in that space, yeah. we can afford to be that reactive with things because almost we don't need to get ahead of ourselves because as soon as we've got the idea or we know what we want to say, we can kind of trust that that's going to be the right thing. Yeah. Still never scheduled a post. I know. No. I'm going to get that on my gravestone. I sound so proud of it in the episode. That's probably way to get up. I'm like, I have never, ever, ever. And let me explain what I mean by that. No, no episodes, no this, no that. So dramatic. I get your point that what you're saying is that this is something that comes naturally to you. So therefore it doesn't need its the time and attention that say I would need to give it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think you do wing it that much. I don't no. think you'd be comfortable actually winging it a lot, a lot, a lot. No, and there, it does present its challenges. Like I don't have a 30-day content plan mapped out, especially for like short form content like Instagram. Yeah. And that does present challenges because when things are full on, it's just bad, sorry, <laughs> keep it in. Um, when things are full on, it's the first thing that goes because I don't have a plan to easily follow. So it takes yeah. a lot of headspace to keep it up. I wouldn't change that. I like things to feel reactive and in the moment, but as the business gets more full on, it that kind of 
more flexible approach has made it hard to be consistent. But I think also this episode and what I say in it, I think it does a disservice to how much I know without it in my head. Mm. I see it as planning equals, you know, everything's out on paper and it's all pre-created. But like, I've always got a plan in my head. There's always a strategy. There's always an outline. And actually, I'm not winging it. You're right. I'm responding and I'm reacting. Yeah, you're reactive. You're not winging it. And I don't think you would ever advise anyone else. No, I always want to change that title because I don't think winging it is a viable business plan. And I talk a lot about like finding the middle ground between winging it and like rigid business planning. Mm. And that's where I think like having the right foundations is the middle point. But yeah, it's interesting. And I think as well, that was a a real lesson for me that just because it works for me doesn't mean it works for others. I used to think, well, having, you know, not having a spreadsheet of content mapped out is good for me. And so I wouldn't suggest others to do it. And now I have a lot more understanding that we all work differently. And for some people that works. So for clients and students, they bring it in more. Um, But let's hear another clip from this episode. (laughs) Hopefully I don't disagree with it too much. I feel like part of my resistance to planning is that it puts me in a box. And actually, I then hate that box and I'm not at my best. Mm. So if I feel like I've put myself in a box and in a plan that's too rigid, nothing that comes out of that place is that great. Because I know that all of my, like all of my best launches, all of my best pieces of content, all of my best ideas have always been the ones where they've just randomly come out. I've never sat down and forced myself to think about it. Maybe I forced myself two weeks ago to try and think about it. So then two weeks later, it suddenly came to me. All the best things seem to come from that place. Can I just say? Yeah. That is the seed of the AB method. Oh, yeah. In that, I think so. Like, I didn't have the language for it, but what I'm trying to explain there is that I like that middle ground. Mm. And I didn't mention like the, I think that's where I, I didn't acknowledge at the time that I had long-term vision always in my head. Yeah, I just knew I needed to be flexible and kind of intuitive in how I was going to get there. But that's definitely like the, the heart that went into the AB method of like, I like my business to be responsive in the short term, which is why we don't set goals more than a quarter in advance and I think that's something that we still do like if you take I'm we're doing an in-person event and that idea came what three weeks ago and we're launching it next week so I think we still exist not exist we still operate in quite a responsive and flexible way but I don't think this episode gives credit to how much wider clarity Mm. and strategy and vision there is that that's feeding into I don't just come up with stuff randomly it's all got a bigger it is part of a bigger picture yeah exactly everything is very very strategic which we like and you would hope so with me you know doing business marketing strategy concerning that was the case okay episode number 91 I think that was the 90 is the one that I listened to most and go oh I don't know if I agree with everything I've said there or perhaps I didn't didn't have the right language for it but interesting conversation all the same uh episode number 91 this is a big conversation for me personally, because this was sitting down with Joe Hooper in the autumn or winter, I think, of 2019. For those that don't know Joe, she's a business mentor, helps people to make their businesses work better for them. And Joe and I sat down to record this episode um, and then off the back of it did a, a chunk of her mentoring me. Um, and this episode was a, a massive catalyst or the catalyst, I'd say, for me within 2020 massively shifting the business to be better for my physical and mental health and now in the kind of next phase of that making it better for my like personal life and and building more of an identity there 
Um, but I remember, fi- I'm interested to listen to these clips. I remember finding this recording quite uncomfortable. Because Joe, in a in the brilliant way she does, so gently and so kindly, was challenging a yeah. lot of these things that I just believed to be true. And I think there's points in the episode where I can kind of hear myself like <laughs> resisting what she's saying, but also at the same time the cogs in my head turning of like, oh, okay, yeah. maybe this can look a bit different. So let's listen to a clip from that. Your priorities and your vision and why you started your business is polar opposites to where I'm sat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> me right now when I think about you know what I run my business for right now I'm sure in 10 20 years time yeah. this is going to shift but you know at 21 four years in I am running this business to see how much I can get out of it by pushing it to its limits yeah. I'm in this to see where I can take it and what I can do with that I want it to be the biggest I want it to be the best I want it to be the most exciting the most different So for me, it's an interesting conversation here because A, I don't often see it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to realize actually you have complete permission and control to do things your way. But it's also interesting to me because then when we come to conversations like this, I'm like, well, what does it look like maybe if you are someone who wants to put in the hours, who wants to push it as much as they can, who wants to grow it as quickly as they can? What does it look like in that scenario to still be conscious and to still look after yourself that's is that your like apprentice audition tape (laughs) it's so interesting to listen to that back and I mean that is (laughs) I get what you're saying I I want to be the best I want to do the most and I still have that attitude like I want to pursue excellence in ever, but but I guess the, the difference now is I used to think being the best meant doing the most and mm-hmm. now I see being the best more about quality and depth yeah. and excellence within what I do. Yeah. And also I still want to be the best and, and grow, you know, I still have that attitude. I want to build this business to be as brilliant as it can be in so many ways, impact, finances, all of the areas. But now I have a, a priority alongside that, which yeah. is me personally. And at the point of recording this episode, everything was about the business's growth. And I was very open and okay. And I don't regret that. It was fine for the time to sacrifice on personal stuff to achieve that. So this attitude hasn't changed. It's just been joined with another one. And now it sits in tandem with caring about myself personally. What do you hear in that clip? (laughs) I understand what you're saying in that, yes, it's still okay for someone to say, I want this to be a raging success. I want it to be the best it can be. But for me, I'm like, I know at that time, like you weren't very well, like you would be really unwell because you were just pushing yourself so, so hard. That was nosebleed gate. Yeah. So I, I think I think for you at that time, you felt like I can't grow this business to where I want it to be. And have this attitude of, of of like looking after yourself. I think you yeah. were at a point where you're like, I don't see how those two things coexist. Uh-huh. hundred percent. So I think I think it's actually really fortunate that like Joe came into your life. Massively. And I remember <laughs> showed a way of doing that. She really did. And it was actually her own business story that inspired me because I really did think like she could probably see it in you I think she knew it was needed and I remember her telling me about her business and she'd gone full-time she was making a proper salary but she was doing it in a way that worked really well for her and and, you know your business working for you looks different to each of us 
but when I heard her and like you can't fight with evidence and I'm I'm a yeah. logical person so yeah. when she showed me it was possible it's suddenly like oh crap okay this whole belief I've held that you have to choose between the two and my relentless pursuit of one of those things it, it was so uncomfortable to challenge that thought yeah. and I'm, Joe was the right person to do it and I'm so grateful for that conversation it's an interesting one and as I, I don't know there's something listening back to all these clips like it, it feels really special in a way to have so much like growth documented mm. online but that also feels quite uncomfortable like the, the constant knowing of like you know unless it's an episode I've put out today I'm a, I'm a different person since I put even last week's episode out right yeah. and knowing that there's so much out there but not necessarily I disagree with but it's just a past version of me part of me likes that part of me finds that a bit weird I'm sure <laughs> right let's move on 101 this was a great episode this was sitting down with Steph Sanderson from Innovate and Thrive this should have been episode 100 but this was a really brilliant episode we talked about 10k months I think this was a cup a year and a bit ago um and this was at the time I think quite a big thing talking about this concept now I think it's much more normalized kind of picking apart the service-based industry and and challenging some of the stuff that happens within it but I think at this point this felt a little bit controversial so let's start with a clip let's talk about the myth of 10k months mind-boggling yeah I think is the phrase that comes to mind when you think of a 10k month Mm -hmm. Um, and actually the promotion around it uh, is mind-boggling yeah with the frolicking through fields looking all dreamy and (laughs) relaxed and life is good and health is good and you know and it's very different (laughs) to reality I think yeah yeah yeah. and that's kind of what I want to uncover in today's conversation is I guess a bit more about actually what 10k months can and do look like and I guess get everyone who's listening to have a think about what that narrative looks like for them what I find interesting about this topic is that now I think at this point I was like yeah let's talk about it let's ex-. and I kind of exposed myself to a lot of the stuff I didn't agree with whereas now I think I massively just put the blinkers on it still is going on you know people chatting about 10k months and pressuring people to achieve things that don't make sense for their businesses but I'm quite unaware of it now because I think I'm just like the change I can create in the industry is by running my own business and it's not always helpful no. to be seeing and thinking about all that stuff going on yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, I was seeing it a lot. Let's continue with this episode because there's a couple of things I say that that kind of have developed in the business since. So let us see. Well, okay. I think this is an interesting thing that I've learned through that kind of 10K month or <laughs> is that service-based businesses aren't as scalable as you might always think. Yes, absolutely. Hard agree. It is hard to scale service-based businesses. They yeah. are more scalable a lot of the time than product-based. I acknowledge that. I didn't know at that point that one of the biggest challenges, or no, actually I was just beginning to see, hence why I said that, that one of the biggest challenges with scaling service-based is you as the business owner are such a bottleneck and you as the service provider can only scale so much. And I think we've felt that a lot over the last few years and the business probably isn't where I thought it would be scaling-wise at this point, when I think back to where I was when I recorded this episode, but Mm. the business is at the right point for our priorities let's finish off this episode listening <laughs> to this episode with another clip you know I have financial goals for my business and some of yeah. those goals will be something like make x amount this month yeah 
But I guess the two caveats to that is number one, I know why I want that much money. It's yes. not just for the sake of having it because it's glamorized. And number two, I get what has to be done yeah. internally and also what has to be sacrificed yes. to make that happen. Yeah. Because when you're, you know, any kind of business to level up, you've kind of got to get rid of something that you've got right now. Yeah. And I absolutely. think that's what people don't see as well. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Don't think I disagree. Don't think anything's really changed since that. Question mark to you. No, I think we yeah. are seeing the progression here. Massively. This feels more current, Alice, which I'm enjoying. Much more comfortable, <laughs> much less cringing at my past self. But no, that's definitely true. And I was chatting to a client about it the other day, of like, if you imagine, you know, like those card games where you can only have so many cards in your hand at once. I feel yeah. like that's like life and business. And if you want to pick up another card, whatever that is, a new thing, a new level of growth, like a lot of the time something has to be put down in order to do that. And I think that's that's maturity from Alice. <laughs> Past Alice thought she could have and be and do everything and was pick up all the cards. Naively optimistic about life. And I kind of love that. I know it's very precious, but yeah, I think I'm a bit more realistic at this point about what life's actually like. And also now, like I'm actually having to do the adulting stuff. If you think back to those early episodes, I was living at home. There was so much that I wasn't having to do personally that I could put everything into business. Whereas now you got to adult is a shame right final episode then you ready ready okay what is it number 102 okay and this is an episode which looking back i think the weird episode to share <laughs> um which was like letting people into like where the business is at right now and i basically did this analysis of how there's like three stages to the business mm-hmm. my business and i was talking about how i felt i was in stage two which was like scaling it mm-hmm. and then stage three which i wasn't yet in was going to be about like sustaining that Mm -hmm. So this will be an interesting one to see if these things are now any different, because I think I did a bit of predicting in this episode of like, and I think this is what's going to happen next. So let's see. Let's see if past AB was right. It would be very true to say that right now, (laughs) my business, what is wrong with that audio? (laughs) It would be very true to say that right now, my (laughs) When you record by yourself, you're so different in conversation. Oh. When you record by yourself, I think you really like stretch your voice from your oh. throat. When I record, it's remember. probably better now that your mic is on your stand as well, so yes. you, you know that it's close to you. Just speak like a normal human. There is some quirky, and this is on me, not you. Audio quality across the podcast over the years. Like there's there was a clip we heard earlier where I actually thought I was like inside my mouth. Like you could yeah. just hear like. Oh, I could hear as well. There was ones where I was like, oh, this is a, this is definitely before I had my like sound compressor, my like noise reduction. And then also there was one where I was like, I can think I, I think I can hear Lucy breathing. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't leave that in now. <laughs> so your editing is leveled up as well as my camera. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. Here we go. It's going through a big shift. And whilst you can't necessarily see it or it's not fully happened, I want to share more about what the process so far has looked like and where things are shifting from here. Great. That's just confirmed my predictions of what this episode was. (laughs) Like I said, I'm still glad that I brought the new stuff in without getting rid of everything that I've currently got. But I do look forward to the days when the coaching is starting to ease back to where I want it to be and everything kind of sits in the way that I want it to. It's helpful to admit that we can't change everything about our businesses immediately. She was wrong. She was wrong. She was wrong. She was wrong. She was echoey and wrong. (laughs) 
yeah, he spoke some of the words, but you know, the quality wasn't there either. This was at the point where I thought the next phase for my business was going to be like basically no one-to-one and all group programs and courses. Yeah. And that came from wanting to scale, knowing that one-to-one isn't massively scalable uh, and seeing that that business model played out across yes. people in the industry who were, you know, further along than I was. Yeah. Um, and we have shifted to a model that looks more like that. You know, at the point of recording this, I didn't really have many group programs and courses. And I think what I was basically saying is that I wanted to move to a place where there was more even income streams. Mm. Um, And that has happened. We'll talk about that more with a future clip. But when I have actually gone to action, scaling back one-to-one, you'll know this, Em, I've just never done it. Because (laughs) I love love one-to-one so much. It is so joyful. It's so impactful. It's so fulfilling. I find it so fun. It's what keeps me current it's what keeps me I think it's it's kind of my training ground in a way and I don't think my programs and courses would be as impactful as they are without one-to-one existing in my business Mm. and whenever I've you know I I could scale back one-to-one financially and then put more into group programs and courses but that's just not a business model I'm interested in and Mm. that's been a real learning since like just because others are doing it that way doesn't mean that I've got to do it no exactly there's now a couple of clips that you have titled the question and then the answer so let's listen in to see what the question and the answers are for me this shift that my business is going through right now started as a bit of a question or I guess more of a niggling feeling around the middle of 2019 and for me what that question looked like was the question of How do I level up this business, aka make more money and work with more people without losing impact, but whilst being more accessible? I feel like I probably should have played that clip before I made the last one, but there you go. That was the question that I was trying to answer. And then let's see what Alice thinks the answer is. Now, for me, the specific answer to that question wasn't clear at that point. But I did know that what it would involve would be a shift in my offerings and a change from one-on-one coaching being my primary source of income to a more even split between more passive and more sustainable ways of working. That has been the answer. As we heard in the earlier clip, I think I thought that would mean a lot less one-to-one. Yeah. It's not. It's more been adding more stuff in alongside one-to-one. Probably hence why things have felt quite full on the last year. But yeah, that's interesting. That still feels very true. And it feels that we're kind of done with that evolution. And now it's sustaining the business that we've got. But I think I talk about that in this next clip. So let's see, see what she has to say. So if I'm still in stage two right now, what does stage three look like? This episode's making me cringe. Why is this making me cringe? It's the most recent one we're listening <laughs> Anyway, sorry, let's continue. It's the least unknown one. I might be just saying that because I haven't done it yet and it's going to surprise me when it happens. But really to me, stage three looks like putting all of this clarity and this understanding into action. Stage three is obviously something that I'm working towards right now. But for me, it really kicks into place in September of this year. And the language that I've mm-hmm. given to stage three is landing a new normal. <laughs> how funny oh, is that well I you definitely be... got that Alice <laughs> we all got that got a new normal it just came in the form of coronavirus uh I almost got that phrase new normal tattooed on my hand I'm because so I was glad so obsessed with it and I was like I'm about to step into a new normal and I'm so glad I didn't because everyone would think it's a COVID tattoo yes and that yes. would have been horrific I'm so glad you didn't. Um, but that's really interesting. And I think I thought 
that is kind of the timeline that we followed. But September of that year was September 2020, of which, at which point we were still, I think, evolving and shifting towards this mm -hmm. new business model. We hadn't launched like the products yet. I hadn't launched any of my courses. Whereas I think now, September 2021, yeah. this feels like stage three so I was just a year out and I think COVID <laughs> did have quite a part to play in that god I'm so glad I didn't get that new normal tattoo yes well, if there's ever a reminder for me not to get spontaneous tattoos dodging That's that bullet is one of them okay Emmy, you ready for our final final clip oh yes let's go and what stage three really looks like is acting out the answer to this question so why September? Well, for a long time in business, I have really admired people who take a whole month off. The people that do it always say how impactful it is. And for the past year or so, it's been something that I've really wanted to try. About six months ago, I just thought in my head, like, what if I did take a month off? And when I worked through those limiting beliefs and the weird fears that came up, I realized that there was nothing stopping me doing that. And actually, it would work really well to the seasonality of my business. And here we are, two months off on. As in you've was, had, you've done it twice now. Yes, thank yeah. you for translating <laughs> that. I did work that really weirdly. Um, yeah, that's funny to listen back to. I remember thinking it was such a like crazy concept and could I do it and was it yeah. going to Especially in this country and culture, eh, Alice? <laughs> um, in this culture, okay, hear me out. I'm just super interested. I think that's the common thread here. I wish I've never, this is a real self-learning moment for me and I'm not enjoying it. I think I think I'm way more like edgy and controversial than I actually am. And I'm like, God, I am just challenging cultural norms every minute <laughs> of the day. And I just wonder how many people have ever listened to episodes and just been like, do I just not? <laughs> but that's funny. Um, well, I can report back, you know, the months off were successful. We still do it, hopefully, every year now from, from here on. And there we have it. It's your new <laughs> normal. Round that up. But I don't know why that last clip was the worst. Something about mocking your quite recent <laughs> self. That's a little bit close to home. Um, uh, but I hope people have enjoyed this trip down memory lane. This is your equivalent of like old photos on Facebook, you know? Yes, 100%. I'd love to know if people enjoyed this episode. But there we have it. 158 episodes 58. now. We will be back in your ears next Tuesday with another episode. Leave a review. Em, I wonder if anyone has left reviews since we last asked them to. No, nothing. No new reviews. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, everybody, for rushing to your podcast apps. Joking. Please leave a review. That's no your kind words. Uh, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Bye. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if there's any old clips of me saying bye. Oh, yeah. I'll find an old one. Insert now. Anyway, that's it from me. I'll be back next Friday for an episode all about money, one of my favourite topics in the world. So stay tuned for that. But until then, I hope you have a great week.